Hi, everybody. A uh, quick note before you start this episode. I uh, just wanted to give everybody a little warning, a little discretional advisement. Those are words. Uh, in this movie, we cover some adult themes, mostly because the movie covers those themes and didn't we didn't want to skirt around those uh, topics. Uh, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're going to watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. Hello everyone, my name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we will be watching Mike Judge's Idiocracy. Hi, my name is Ray Hiroso, and I didn't know there was a, a prequel title to yeah. Idiocracy until right now. Yeah, it's by Mike Judge. Do you know anything about Mike Judge other than that? Nope. Yeah. Okay. He's definitely not a ju- judge. I'll give you a hint, but first I'm going to let you tell me what you know about Idiocracy. Sure, sure, absolutely. Idiocracy is a comedy satire mm-hmm. about the corporate office white male job in the early 2000s okay interesting go on um so the movie opens with our our boy mcguire everybody calls him mcguire his first name is mac uh and he is at the police station and he's being arrested and uh we don't figure out why until the very end of the movie but um so it starts like after like the first scene we see is kind of like after the climax of the movie and then yep. and we go back and see what happened yep okay mm-hmm. and so what happens in this movie is that mcguire uh lands an office job he's been there for like we see him land his job and he's very excited and then we skip five years later he hates his job it's terrible his boss hates him specifically Um, And the entire movie is just the mundane things you do in an office job, but how those simple tasks can actually be extremely unhealthy for you if there are no, like, checks and balances in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, his boss, who has complete power over the office Mm -hmm. and just decides whatever, except there are people above him, and when he gets in trouble, he takes it out on McGuire, and it's very bad. But funny. Okay. So, it's a satire. Like, they know what they're doing with yeah. the the embarrassment and the pain and humiliation you're feeling. Um, can you tell me about some of the other, some of Mac's co-workers? Like, who yeah. goes out this office? There's Lana, the new intern. Um, she okay. and uh, McGuire have, like, a little thing. Uh... His boss notices and he tries to take her away from him, but she's only around like once a week and then she's gone for like the rest of the movie because she's just an intern. And everyone keeps talking about like, where is she? And somebody else is always like, she was just an intern for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. But her presence and then her lack thereof causes... McGuire's boss to be very upset because he wanted to get with her and he takes it out, out his frustration on McGuire uh, by making him just do the faxes for like a week straight. Just faxing papers alone in a tiny little room. 
dimly lit. It's sad and humiliating. I've never worked an office job. <laughs> I have. Um, Am I accurate? What? Yeah. What? I mean, what you're describing is weirdly accurate in a very specific kind of way. Um, but we can get more into that in the future. Um, what did you think of? I I'm, I'm struggling to remember the character's name. But the the guy, the guy who he has something to do with a stapler. Like his stapler gets stolen or something. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Jake, his uh, McGuire's cubicle neighbor who just mm-hmm. started a couple months. Basically, he's what McGuire was when he started. He's very excitable, and when things go wrong, he's like beats himself up, Got and it. his stapler disappears, and like you just see him slowly unravel okay. through through the course. Is of, like, it ever a couple revealed days. where his stapler went? I think somebody just took it on accident. Okay. And like no, like no one owns up to it. It's just like, oh, that's what happened. Like we see somebody take it and just never put it back down. We don't even see who it is. It doesn't matter. It's just a small thing, but it impacts him so much that he cannot continue to function and he gets fired. Okay. Um. So, what what happens to break up? this movie like are, is there any like fun like like not action sequences or, or but you say it's a comedy like like what do they do to dance number things interesting okay a dance number set to what song i want it that way by the backstreet boys mm-hmm. um so a couple of the guys uh remember this is like heavy toxic masculinity centered so it's mostly men in the office and a couple of the guys, including McGuire, go out for lunch. Like, they go out to, like, the, the hot dog cart. And they're sitting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, the the scene just coalesced in my mind mm-hmm. in that instance. Of what you um, said, of, of yeah. going to a hot dog cart and then sitting down with their hot dogs. In front of a fountain with like, that has, like, layers, like, yeah. multiple levels. Yeah. And then they, like... There's a, a boombox somewhere playing the song, and they all start singing along. Um, and it's just a fun time. Yeah. And, then, and it has like, to do, I'm sure it has to do with, like, how he ordered his hot dog, right? Exactly. And then, yeah. like, they all share a look at the end, like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. That was, like, really <laughs> not cool. But it was, like, a very good performance. Yeah. It's the thing. Um. There's a couple more characters that I'm really interested in hearing your take on. So first, there's Milton. Can you tell me what you remember about Milton and what he got up to? Milton is uh, McGuire's boss's boss. So he's only there for a short span of the movie. And he's just in an office just when McGuire's boss... We never get McGuire's boss's name. Mm -hmm. He's just the boss. Um... When Lana was there and he was trying to flirt with her and Milton noticed, like, he got in trouble for harassment and Milton just chews him out in the office and we can see. see, like, a very vulnerable side to the vo- boss who's actually very scared okay. and then he takes that and, you know, passes on that abuse right, to McGuire. Right. Kind of a bully then. A little bit, yeah. Kind of a big bully. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, I also want you to tell me about the the character Upgrade. 
Um, are you talking about the water tank upgrade? Uh, I, I, I yes, you, you are. Me. Yeah, of course. Sorry. So upgrade is the water tank where everybody gets water and takes a small break. Um, mm. At the beginning, the original water tank breaks and there's just water everywhere. It's a mild inconvenience, but it seems like the end of the world. The next day, there's a new water tank and everybody calls it upgrade because it also has an ice function. Mm-hmm. Um, does it have any kind of, like, so I called it a character. Does it have, like, an AI or anything, or is it just... No, just people the... talk to it. Okay, the in the same way that, like, settings can be characters. You're... Well, kind of. The thing... Okay. Joe, if you remember, Upgrade is basically the therapy uh, tank, water tank, where mm-hmm. everybody just unloads their problems onto it while they're grabbing water. And, like... It never responds, but everybody just feels a little bit better and a little bit more hydrated. Okay. Hydrating, that's important for this movie. Yeah, hydration is definitely a key theme as well, I think. Um, Can you tell me uh, one more thing? One of the scenes that always sticks out in my memory is, like, probably one of my least favorite parts of this movie is the kind of like the monster truck rally. Yeah. like deathmatch thing. So can you tell me like what if if you liked that scene or disliked it and why? I thought it was a very good scene that belonged in another movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> sure why like 10 minutes like during the very middle of the movie we just see like why you're at home watching this monster truck rally on the tv in the dark mm-hmm. for like a full 10 minutes mm-hmm. but i guess that's just indicative of his mental breakdown yeah um okay you want to know how this movie ends I would love to know how this movie ends. Yes, please. Because he's in, in at the police station, right? And th- we see his breakdown throughout the movie. And we learn that he was late to work one day. And he was in a rush. And he parked wrong. And he got a parking ticket. And so he's there to pay a parking ticket. Oh, okay. And so, like, is the implication that, like, life just goes on as normal? and yeah. And he continues his very bad job. Yeah. And, like, nothing happens. Nothing changes. Yeah. I think I think it's kind of a bummer ending, but I think it definitely fits the theme of the movie. Um, okay. I, I think... I think I'm gonna... I'm trying to decide what I want to do with this, but I think we're gonna wait until the second half before we talk more about, um, Mike Judge. So, um... Uh, with that, I want you to tell me what your favorite line from Idiocracy is. My favorite line from Idiocracy is from one of the background characters. Uh, every day when McGuire comes into work, one of his coworkers looks at him, gives him a smile and says, You want some chocolate? Mm. And he always says no. 
And then when he says yes, he says, I never expected anyone to say yes. <laughs> so so he does say yes eventually. So there is some character growth. Just a little bit. Just a touch. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's eat some chocolate. I don't have any. Let's go to the chocolate chocolate stand. Popcorn. Chocolate, chocolate cart and sing a Backstreet song. Um, well, Ray, we just watched Idiocracy, and this is the first time you've seen it, and I've managed to keep you masked to its dark truths for this long, so so what do you think just coming out of this? I have, <clears throat> I have a lot of mixed, mixed feelings, feelings about this like, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like what it was going for. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that happened and some of the phrases and terms used really mm-hmm. were really off-putting. Mm-hmm. But the way it was framed as these things... Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into uh, it. The framing of it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I just wish they didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, and uh, if you've seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about, probably. Yeah, well, uh, so... So, <laughs> this movie is by Mike Judge, and it's Idiocracy, and the plot of this movie is that a remarkably average person named Joe Bowers uh, gets, he's in the military, and he gets selected for an experiment where people are uh, flash frozen for an indefinite amount of time. And he, him and also a sex worker by the name of Rita are chosen for this experiment, and something goes wrong, and they wake up 500 years later in the future. And the opening of the movie t- explains that natural selection has favored people who are maybe not as smart, but breed more rapidly. Um, and so the world has kind of gone into this state of decline, and it's this terrible, awful, dystopian future where everything is branded and everyone is stupid. Um, and then Joe tries to save the day by teaching them how to plant crops again or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, that's, that's the plot of the movie is that the future sucks because everyone's stupid. Um, and, uh, then he becomes the president of America and that's, that's how the movie ends. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of things are very, very, I think you hit the nail on the head with mixed feelings, and I also want to say in this preamble that the movie you described was another movie by Mike Judge called Office Space. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was considering doing it as a surprise movie for you, but I really don't want to watch another Mike Judge movie for this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and I'm also... sorry I did that somehow. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Also, he he created King of the Hill. Which is probably his best his best work in my. You told opinion. me at the beginning of the movie, and I did not know that. Thank you for telling yeah. me. I'm sorry. I'm still reeling by the fact that I made a Mike Judge movie, but the wrong one. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I need yeah. some time. Can we stop recording? I just know. <laughs> I need yeah. time to process that. Okay. I should make movies anyway. This movie. Here's my here's my take. This movie addresses some very real concerns. 
uh, the, it was first pitched to me in much the same way that Truman Show is a horror movie for you. Idiocracy is a horror movie for me because it is the world we are living in. <laughs> I was um, going to um, say to you, why do we keep watching dystopians? <laughs> why do um, we keep... I don't know if we've watched more dystopians or if I've made more dystopian movies. Yeah. It might be a mix of both. But why do we keep doing this? Uh, it's just what people were writing about in the mid-aughts, I guess. It was a very popular theme. Um, anyway, it shows the the fall of the collapse of our current society, uh, headed on our current trajectory, how bad things could get. It takes kind of all of the worst parts of our society and then turns them up to 11. Um, however, I think it makes some fatal flaws in delivering this message and one of the most central to the movie is uh like believing the lie that intelligence is real and that like people can just be smart or not smart and like Mm. that is that is a good measurement of their quality as a person right um it's so much more than that and it gets into it on accident um when joe goes to the hospital for help there's a person in the waiting lobby with a bleeding gash on his forehead, and he's playing a slot machine in hopes to win free health care. Um, and, like, I think that is a much more uh, accurate look at how things could go wrong and are going wrong. Um, everything is gamified. Everything's a game show. Everything's branded, brought to you by... I'm going to bleep that out. Thanks. I don't want their money. Thank you. Yeah, during that point of the movie, I said, oh, no. Like, just with a big, heavy weight and sense of dread because it is the trajectory we are on, and I am sad about it. (sighs) Mm -hmm. But I think, importantly, it's the trajectory we are on not because dumb people are being evolved, like, selected by natural selection. It's the trajectory we're on because it is the end state of capitalism. And it is, Uh like, like, there's a, there's a point in the movie where, so, so Joe's, Joe's big value to the society is that he's the smartest person alive, right? And part, part of the way that he expresses this is by realizing that the plants are being watered with Brondo, or Gatorade, uh, because it's got electrolytes, which is what plants crave. Um, uh, and <laughs> the reason that all the people have made it normal to water plants with Brondo is because Brondo bought the FCC and the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, just just bought them outright uh-huh. and then made their advertising propaganda to the point that that's what everyone believes now. Um, that was a passing moment in the movie. It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, a big deal. Right. But also, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I'm scared. And further, I think it is pretty telling to the lens of the movie and the filmmaker that, like, the next scene shows the Brondo CEO, uh, like, up in flames. Like, every Brondo goes up in flames because their stock dropped to zero, and now everyone's unemployed. And, oh, boy, what a, what a catastrophe this is for Brondo and the money. The, the economy is so busted now. And so many times they talk about fixing the economy when there are dust storms and people starving and people <laughs> wagering for free health care in the lobby of the hospital. Yeah, that's uh, that's just one gripe. Yeah, yeah. The framing, like, 
Yes. Um, I don't, there's just so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to unpack with this movie that I'm trying to pick a single point that we can go from. Um, Let's talk about... What? Go, go on. I actually, I wanted to talk about what, how they defined stupidity and how they lumped mm. all those things together. All, all those negative and bad facets mm-hmm. of, of, I don't know, society and calling it stupid mm-hmm. and dumbed down. And from, I, from the I, perspective I, of a white liberal. Yeah. From the, the perspective <laughs> of a most likely white person. Right. I'm like, hmm. They, they, they threw in. What, what did they? It was, it was, was hillbillies. Oh, they yep. even talked about the 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 speech, which was a yeah, mixture that was, of, yeah. of mm-hmm. hillbillies, inner city slang, and uh, some other third thing I can't remember. None of that is stupid. Those nope. are just different it's ways just, of speaking it's just not and white. cultures. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just not cool. privileged. Like that's 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 what it is. It's not cool stupid. for uh, calling different people dumb for not speaking like you. Yeah. Really, really cool movie have a big problem with that thing yep yep and and you know so one of the things i think you were alluding to earlier is that there are several uses of the f slur and the r slur in this movie which mm-hmm. for the most part is used by the people of this world which if you think about like if you wanted to defend it which i don't but if you think right. about this world being built on the lowest common denominator and then turned up to 11 and bred into su- supremacy basically like that that kind of language would probably be prevalent however the narrator also uses those slurs and like yeah the narrator is supposed to be like the voice of reason and you know somebody that is th- the audience surrogate um and it's like no <laughs> that's not all right it, i mean it's not all right at all but no Every time those words were said by anybody, I had half a mind to say, Joe, we have to stop watching this movie. Yeah. Because it, it was tough at first. And, what, and the terrible part is, is that the more the movie went on, the more it became commonplace mm-hmm. and disgusting. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm like, we have to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, do I regret watching this movie? No. Do they throw these words around and make me uncomfortable? Yes. Yes. Very much so, and I'm not happy about it, and I'm going to decompress with some ice cream after this. Yeah, yeah. I. This is the thing. This is the thing with this movie is, like, I hate, I hate recommending it to people because it's so, there's so much busted stuff in it, but there's also some real gems in it. Um, like? Well, like, it's got electrolytes. That's what that's great. Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> uh, I'm so mad like at you cops. right now. The way that, you know, cops are portrayed in this movie is yes. so to the point and so hilarious. They're, yes. They, it is the show Cops and Taken Down. <laughs> yeah. There's a point where they, they, um, they're they on the run. So so Joe, Rita, and Frida, which is Joe's future friend played by I'm, Dax Shepard. I was calling him Dax Shepard. Sorry. Sorry. Um, they're on the run, and uh, Joe's tattoo gets scanned, and uh, so then the cops know where he is, and they tell him, "Hey, like, get out of the vehicle, like, um, you know, you're, you're you're harboring a fugitive or whatever." The car talks to him, and then the car shuts off, and they get out of the car and run away, and the cops pull up, and there's like 
12 cops and they all have like assault rifles and grenade launchers and stuff and they start shooting the crap out of this car and blowing it up and then there a crowd forms around them and they're like cheering on including Frito even yeah. though it's his car and they're like yeah blow it up blow it up mm-hmm. and it's just this excessive use of force and um and it's indiscriminate yes. violence and it is celebrated because they're the cops and for me, that scene was absolutely terrifying. Uh-huh. Uh, most of this movie is. Um, yes. You, the, the, the thing about this movie is it's, it's twofold. You can just watch it and think, oh, look at all this dumb, funny stuff. But, like, the whole point is to make you think about the dumb stuff they're portraying and say, this, this is the trajectory mankind is going in according mm-hmm. to the beliefs of, of these people. Right. I think another interesting point in the movie, again, I think a lot of the things that it does, it does kind of by accident. Like it's, it's the movie is not really approaching these problems with the right mindset as far as right. I'm concerned, but it does land in some things that are worth talking about. Like the way that the, the, the perversion of the justice system, which is already yeah. like uh-huh. really busted. Um, but it just, again, dials everything up to 11. If we, there's a scene where there's a judge and he's got a spotlight on him and there's like, there's a crowd cheering for the prosecution who just, just disses Joe. Um, and like, that's the show Judge Judy, right? Or or Nancy, or not Nancy Grace, but um, like any, any of these, any of well, I mean that's also represented in this movie, but yeah, like any of these judge shows and the the idea like true crime and mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch a courtroom documentary, like all yeah. that stuff. There are exaggerations of, of those those types of media impulse. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry for cutting you off. No, no, you. Thank you for cutting me off. Please tell me more. I want to talk about Rita. Yeah. Rita's great. I love her. I love Mm -hmm. the... I think this movie is somehow strongest whenever it's just Rita and Joe having a moment. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite scene in this movie is when... Right after they just watered all the crops and they're waiting and they're going to bed. And they just have a talk. And that was just nice that they just got a moment to talk because this movie has so many... Bam, 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 this thing, this funny, this joke, haha, this goof, this gag. And then they slow down, like, halfway through the movie mm-hmm. to characterize these two. And it's nice. And yeah. then Joe goes to prison, and Rita comes to visit him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go back in time without me and tell people to read books. Yeah. And I'm like, this is actually very sweet. And I was kind of hoping that was the where it was going. But, you know, you can't change things so right. easily is also a point of the movie. Um, but Rita is a wonderful character. Um, Rita's great, but again, I despise how the movie treats her because yes. she she is a sex worker. And mm-hmm. um, she early on, she lies to Joe and she says that she's a painter. And she right. talks about upgrade her... Uh, as her manager, as her art manager. Um, and go on. Uh, I just wanted to make it clear that there's nothing wrong with Rita being a sex worker, but it's the abusive relationship she has with Upgrade that's a problem. Right. Um, well, that and I think 
more than that even is that early on in her relationship with joe she lies to him about being a painter and she Mm -hmm. never tells him the truth about being a sex Uh worker because she's ashamed of it and it's never made clear whether or not joe would like think less of her if she told him the truth The, the implication is that he would he would think less of her right. and that it is something to be Or at least that's of. what she thinks. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that really sucks. That Like, you know, I it was nice that at the movie that she did start painting. Like, you know, and she wasn't very yeah. good at it. And that's fine. Like, And it, it, was, it was cute. cute. But did, I wanted to know if she ever told Joe. Mm-hmm. I needed to I, know. Right. It was important. It, it would have been me. a really important scene that would have gone a really long way to like save some of this movie, but they didn't include mm-hmm. it because they want to leave it's it not... ambiguous whether or not sex work is something to be ashamed of, actually. I didn't know how I I didn't know how the movie was gonna utilize Rita. Rita's the hero of this story. Yeah. Yeah, I think Um so. she saves Joe. She she Joe is just the the secondary protagonist to Rita's story. <laughs> I think that's a bit thing... of a joke, but the thing is, sorry. Go, go, go on, go on. Uh, the thing is, is that Rita is very put in her ways during most of this movie until Joe decides that she is worth caring about, and she decides somebody cares about me in a way that is like on a deeper level than just like somebody using her mm-hmm. and she d- make she makes a decision to extend an arm out for joe and save his life because she sees the plant grow and she could have just left mm-hmm. she could have just said no she i she could it could have gone either way and i would not have been surprised but she saw a, f- a plant grow and she decided that people needed to know so she could save Joe. And I was very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. And she did. And she was on the, on what? She was manning the, the, the camera room. What are those called? Well, they were the big buttons. <laughs> the big buttons. What are those called? Uh, switchboard? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. She was, she was integral to the success of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the success condition here was making crops grow again by switching them back to water and mm-hmm. like they achieved that but the the worst part is that like they're still doomed right like there's still the a lot of, movie, of bad things humanity happening. is still messed up beyond repair and the movie again frames this as like oh Joe and Rita had three children, a sensible amount of children, and they were the smartest kids to ever live on the on the uni- on the United States in two thousand five hundred and five. Uh, and Frito, <laughs> Joe's best friend, who's a real dummy, had thirty two kids with eight different wives, and that's something to be ashamed of, and it's really bad. Uh, and we're still screwed because average intelligence is still plummeting, and it's like. That's not why humanity is messed up, bro. Like that's not yeah, the problem. No. <laughs> um, it that might be a symptom of problems such as lack of sex education and lack of contraceptives. Oh, oh, Don't say those words to me, or I'll go on a rant <laughs> about education in the United States, Joseph. <laughs> that's one of those words that that, that make me go off. Do but, not. How did you feel about the? The Secretary of Education character in this movie. 
Okay. You're just giving me a scrunch face, so... I I made a growl noise. Okay. It, it was, um, what? It was the president's stepbrother? Yeah. Who was not smart, mm-hmm. according to everybody else. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole staff wasn't, but they, they made a point to say that the Secretary of Education was extra not smart. Yeah. Um, don't know what you're trying to say for that. Please go off about sex education in the United States. Oh, I, I, I don't have anything to go off on. I'm not I'm not going to. I'm just saying that, like, the the problem, the problem that this movie wants to address is that people are stupid and getting stupider and it's ruining everything. And the actual problem is that Please. people in power benefit from that. They didn't do I, anything to show what the CEO of Brondo's life was like, because I right. bet it was I, pretty rad. I really wanted to see the actual people in power in this movie. Yeah. Well, we saw we, we saw President Camacho, right? And right. the White House was not in good shape, but nope. he had the best stuff, right? He had like yes. the best life out of anyone. He was able to. He had parades, and he had you know people around adoring him. He could he make had, people shut up by shooting a gun. Yep. Yeah. I, he had the best seats, and he like, had the power. He had the power, and what In was he case, doing to fix the problems? Making empty promises and putting the the responsibility onto somebody on else. Someone else, yeah. And the movie doesn't even seem to be aware of that as an actual problem. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think we're done. <laughs> Uh, okay, I was like, ask me a question, I'll go off. Tell me, yeah, no, do go off. Tell me anything else. I don't know. Ask me a question, and I'll go off of that. Because um, I, there's so many things. Just pick something, and I'll see if I can go. What was your commentary and discourse aside? What was your favorite future gag? Like, awful dystopian future bit and joke? Um, there are a couple. Um, and it, this wasn't really a joke, but it it was it when he was in the hospital and he was explaining his symptoms. There's just an, a giant keyboard <laughs> with pictures of people with 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 issues, like with, with a problems, knife like, in their head, or or like a broken knee, yeah. or a baby coming out of somebody. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm absolutely terrified of this, but also this is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, for me, it was probably the Costco. And how it was just this <laughs> enormous, yeah. like city size center. He Frito's like, oh, we got to get to electronics. It's about an hour's walk from here. Frito I also said, says that he went to law school in the Costco. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Uh, I I asked how many people live in this Costco. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think we saw a tent. And so... when we when they walked in, the the greeter there says welcome to costco i love you and it's like wow yeah if you perfectly distill down what this position for is for and then you Mm. you know let the timer go for 500 years unchecked by anyone trying to make any changes for the better that's what this turns into a little bit yeah speaking of which like that does remind me of um like the fact that that joe is so obviously a a Christ figure, like oh, he is. He is. I didn't even want to talk about the Christ figure, the Messiah of this movie. Um, <sighs> I forget what thing. Oh, he gets he gets betrayed by Frito, right? Um, uh-huh. He does. 
I feel like there there was some kind of resurrection thing, and I'm just forgetting, blanking on what it was. Oh my god, you're right. This is literally just a Jesus allegory. From uh, all all the points are there. Yeah, yeah, and he comes down from high above as the Son of God, basically saying like, "No, like listen, people," and then he gets crucified for it and give some water yeah yeah <laughs> rita's yeah. right there hi mary yeah yeah rita's literally right, mary right, there, right yeah <laughs> sex worker <laughs> yeah hello oh my god uh did he so, die was he he was resurrected yeah i mean he was he was crucified movie. effectively with the rehabilitation thing when he, he wasn't killed completely and he was you know and but he it's a metaphorical death joe yeah (laughs) anyway i'm mad that this is just a christ literally a christ savior figure movie now in a dystopic future where people are dumbed down what is happening what is my life Mm -hmm. we should go (laughs) we gotta get out of here it's 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 so it's so hard to like acknowledge the existence of this movie and i'll say well, Ray, would you would you recommend watching this movie to someone no. else? Okay, me neither. I would not. Uh, I'm glad that you watched it's... it with me. I'm glad that you now finally understand the It's What Plants Crave line, um, because that's important to me personally, on a personal level. <laughs> now, every time we do an episode of mock footage, I, I, I understand a piece of Joe Moore, a, a little piece of Joe comes into my hands and says, this is the bit Joe has been saying for five years. I don't understand. <laughs> this is the one. And I, and I bring it up to my lips and I sip on it. Joe just picks out the good things. Just a little teeny lot of sliver, sliver of silver in this movie. Um, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say, don't watch this movie. Watch Wally instead. Uh, and that's maybe, I haven't seen Wally. That's maybe a little bit of a spoiler for our Wally episode, but hmm, we'll get to another it. Another dystopian future where people... Uh, I don't know. Probably let me let me just riff real quick on a mock footage on Wally. People rely too heavily on machinery, and they become become fat because Disney says fat people are dumb mm. and uh, they're lazy, and and machines make people lazy, and and that's bad. And I I'm, I'm excited. Also, to get... Wally falls in love with a robot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to get into it one day with you, uh, but today is not that day. Do not watch this movie. Yeah, don't watch this movie. Don't <laughs> Despite watch this the movie. fact that it has interesting things to say, sometimes, don't watch this movie. It, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It does have... Know, go read Death of a Salesman or something. There are there are better places to get the takes that you should get from this movie. Uh, so don't watch it. Uh, Sorry I made you watch it, Ray, but... I'm, I'm... Dak Shepard was in it. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, Ray, for watching this movie with me. I'm sorry, also. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mock Footage. You can send an email to mockfootage at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to request us to watch Wally, but it's going to happen one day either way. So, you know. Um, or you can select any other movie that you think would be fun for us to watch and uh, just let us know. Uh Thank you, Joe, for showing me this movie. I accept your apology. Thank you also to Ryan Chongo for the use of the song Head of Serenity off of his album Hat Shop, the best part of this episode by far. Um, Also, thank you to Ross Sherson for the wonderful art, also the best part of this episode by far. 
uh yeah thanks yeah. you two for for making this episode listenable those one of them is auditory one is visual one is, so yes <laughs> thank you basically thank you for for making our podcast palatable even when we decide to cover trash like this there's so much trash in this movie yeah um, like actual physical garbage yeah yeah um ray what was your favorite line from idiocracy any time Dak Shepard said what? Uh, uh, <laughs> Any time Dak Shepard said what? <laughs> Any time. Gold. Amazing. Perfect. Wonderful. Ship it.